Hey guys, welcome to the Health Addict Show. Before we get started though, I wanna cover a couple things. This show is for entertainment purposes only, meaning I am not your doctor. So if you have questions or concerns about your own health, please ask a physician, okay? Get the right information for you. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. everybody. Welcome to the Health Addict Show. I'm your host, Tommy J, and it's good to be back. Another great week, a good weekend for football, if anybody was paying attention to football, especially for us Detroit fans. Our boy Matt Stafford was able to make it to, finally, the Super Bowl. It's been a long time coming for that guy. I mean, he took a lot of beatings on the Detroit Lions, so it's good to see, finally, a Lion in the Super Bowl that we just totally appreciate for everything he does. So, as you know, I made my prediction online. I think the Rams are going to do pretty well this year. I mean, between the doom, like the dynamic duo between Matt Stafford and OBJ, I think they got it. Burroughs, you know, I love the guy too. I'm an LSU alumni, so I have to. But it's one of those things where you got to go Detroit base, okay? So sorry, sorry, Burroughs. I got to go this way. I have to go this route, okay? But because we're talking about football, we might as well talk about a couple things about football. And we'll talk about CTE today. I mean, it's a good topic to talk about CTE. A lot of people aren't aware of the concussive effects and trauma that is caused by continuously hitting and tackling each other. And then we'll also talk about this study with lidocaine and COVID-19. But we'll start with that study first, just because it's a little bit more brief. So lidocaine is a very important drug. We know it. We use it a lot. I mean, especially in healthcare. We use it as an antiarrhythmic. We use it as a local anesthetic when we do it either topically or we can use it as a spray. Um, but actually, we use it a lot in respiratory too, for especially in asthma. Now, lidocaine in asthma doesn't necessarily reduce the airway tone, meaning that bronchospasmic effect that you have where you have the compression decreasing in the airways, making more resistance. But it might decrease the cough a lot, especially in patients that have severe asthma. Chronic cough is a huge thing because your airways are just so irritated. So by giving lidocaine, 1%, 2%, 4%, 2% or better in the study, especially you can give it anywhere from Q4 to Q12, just depending on your cough. Um, it really does help calm that cough down, which is super important because if you're coughing, you're irritating those airways even more. So it just really helps calm down the whole storm when you have asthma. Now, when we talk about covid it's a little bit different of an action. Yes, we are going to reduce that coughing effect because there is a cough that comes with COVID. You have airway irritation, especially with acute lung injuries. But it's it's more on a different action when we use lidocaine for COVID. Now, one of the biggest things we noticed with COVID is the release of cytokines. We have this cytokine storm, which causes massive inflammation in the body all over systemically, especially in the lungs. Where This is where we're getting that acute lung injury, ARDS symptoms. It's from this big cytokine storm. We just can't calm down when it first happens. Once that storm comes, it's nearly impossible to stop. So basically, this vector causes your T-cells to release this cytokine, which is a toxin, which has caused tissue and nerve damage. It's really, really dangerous when the cytokine storm does happen. Now, here's where things get really cool, though, because when you release lidocaine inside the body, what you're doing is you're effectively stopping those channels that release it. You're stopping the calcium, potassium, chloride channels that help play a role in T-cell activation. So by helping reduce this immune response, we're effectively lowering the risk of cytokine storm. 
And this is super important, right? Because we really need to stop cytokine storm. And that's because we got apoptosis that happens with your leukocytopenia. We have the highly thickening of the membranes in your alveolar wall. You can have pulmonary edema from this. So really stopping this cytokine storm should be one of our main objectives when treating COVID-19 in its early stage. And a great thing about lidocaine is we really understand this drug. We know its toxicity levels. We know not to overgive it. We can measure serum levels to see how much we can give a patient. It's really got a safe plateau as far as what we know and how to use it. So versus other medications, we don't know how patients are going to react. The general public reacts really well to lidocaine. So there's very little side effects to lidocaine if it's given in proper doses. So it's kind of a cool way to treat COVID because we know we can give it to most patients and most patients won't have a problem getting inhaled lidocaine. So for all you practitioners out there working in the ICUs or treating COVID on the front line, maybe consider lidocaine in your treatment course, either Q4, Q6, Q8, or Q12 to see if it helps with the inflammatory response in COVID. All right, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about football because everybody loves football, right? It's America's favorite sport. We got to talk about football. I mean, we can talk about the Super Bowl, but this is a health addict show. So we got to talk about the health stuff related to football, right? And yes, there is no doubt that these athletes are super healthy. I mean, you're not going to find any people in better shape than most of the time in the general public than the American football players that we have today. But we really have to ask ourselves, what are these football players sacrificing? Because for the fame and fortune, they're literally putting their bodies on the line in order to get these points on the board. I mean, we're talking repetitive compression to your joints and spine. We're talking about broken bones. And even worse, we're talking about traumatic damage to the brain. And one of the biggest things cited, especially in this millennia, is really recent, is the understanding of CTE, or Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy. So why is CTE so important? Because it's not just a concussion, right? We're not talking about concussion. Concussion's its own thing. It's talking about bruising in the brain. A CTE diagnosis means you have actual chronic wasting away of the brain. You have degeneration. And it's most likely and correlated with trauma and repetitive trauma. And not just football. I mean, there's other sports, combat sports, boxing, MMA, that cause CTE. And especially now with the focus on CTE, they're going to start looking at all these sports and seeing who else are very high risk for CTE. But understand, not all concussions and repetitive traumas cause CTE. But it's very likely that this repetitive trauma to the brain causes these tau proteins to attach inside the brain and cause the CTE. It's extremely hard to really diagnose too. You actually have to physically look at the brain to see the degeneration that happens inside the skull. Another thing to understand too is these tau proteins aren't just related to CTE. There's another disease that has these tau proteins related to it in its vascularity, and that's Alzheimer's disease. And this is slightly why Alzheimer's and CTE exhibit many of the very same symptoms. We have memory loss, we have difficulty thinking and cognitive impairment, problem solving and planning, you know, carrying out those daily function tasks that we all have. There even maybe even slight impulsive behavior and aggression associated with this. Now you'll notice that some NFL players show up on the news for aggressive behavior. So it's not unlikely that some of these players that are exhibiting some of these behaviors might be suffering from CTE. Now, I'm not trying to create excuses for bad behavior being exhibited by some pro players, but maybe there should be more investigation into what's going on inside these guys' head. Again, these aren't just some soft hits that these guys are getting tackled by. They're some equivalent to 30 mile an hour car crashes when they get hit. And that's not just once. It's over a course of a game, over a course of a season, over courses of seasons. So after repetitive damage like this exhibited to your body, 
who knows what's really happening inside. Now, I know you're wondering, what is the cure for CTE? And there just really isn't any. It's just reducing the amount of trauma that happens in the brain. Neurons just don't have that plasticity that like your liver cells do. They just don't grow back. They do have some regenerative functions on the axons of your neurons, but overall, the cells themselves are very delicate. So any kind of repetitive damage to these cells, it just doesn't come back. And this is one of the biggest keys in science right now we're trying to solve is getting neuron regeneration back. Because there's so many disease processes that affect the nerve cells in our body. If we can get these cells to regenerate, man, we would solve so many problems in the medical field. It would be wonderful, especially with myasthenias gravis and Guillain-Barre. These are two diseases with debilitating axon degeneration that we need to fix very quickly. But all right, folks, thanks for listening to today's podcast. Please follow and subscribe to the podcast so you can get all your daily health information at the click of a button. And please stay addicted to your health, and I will see you all next time.